Welcome to Chat NDT with ASNT, a podcast from the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. I'm Debbie Siegler, the host of the podcast. In this episode, we present a conversation between two NDT technicians. Brent Moulton is one of ASNT's faces of NDT and performs non-destructive testing in the oil and gas industry in Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. Stetson Watkins is a member of the inaugural class of ASNT's leadership development program, RISE and works in the aerospace industry. The two discuss a variety of topics, including the differences between their industries, their experiences with education and certification, and the importance of mentorship. Their conversation highlights that even though individual careers in NDT can be very different, the enthusiasm and sense of community is felt throughout. We hope you enjoy this conversation between Brent and Stetson. All right, Stetson, how is it going today? Hey, Brent, how are you, man? Dude, uh, I'm doing doing great, man. Staying busy. Nice. And now, are you out in Ohio? I am, yeah. Yeah, living in Cincinnati, southwest Ohio. So it's not the Ohio with the bad weather. Not most of the time, anyways. Nice, nice. Well, hey, so let's just start it off like all podcasts. How did you hear about NDT? What's your journey? Yeah, man, that's a good question. So I actually am originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I was born and raised there. I graduated high school in the area. And I was working at a local factory. And I worked nights there because I was like fresh in the door, right? So I was the the new guy that got the unfortunate shift, I guess. Some people like working nights, but I certainly didn't. It wasn't a choice of mine, but I was working there and I worked there with a guy and he explained to me that he was working nights by choice because he was going to school during the day. And when I had asked what he was going to school for, he started explaining, you know, we magnetize things and look look for cracks and put this like, you know, fluorescent green dye on stuff and send sound waves and ionizing radiation through stuff and x-ray parts and it was crazy right the whole thing was like just wild to me and i thought i actually thought the guy was pulling on my leg at first i was like man this guy you know like is this is this true or whatever and sure enough and i was familiar with spartan because i grew up in tulsa so there's people there they have an aircraft mechanic program they have ndt stuff which i didn't know about up until this point they train pilots and do all these other different things, right? So I was familiar with the school. I just wasn't familiar with NDT. And so I went and I toured the place and, and signed up, man. I fell in love with it right away. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny. In Minnesota here, we have Hutch. So there's a lot of people in the area that talk about NDT. And like even my older brother was looking at going to school there. And you know, the the talk around the dinner table at night was, well, it's X, X rain welds, you know? So that's <laughs> really all I knew about non-destructive testing. And I just kind of, you know, honestly forgot about it. And then <laughs> later on, I kind of realized that, man, this is a, a career here. And that's kind of what set me down the pathway to getting out in the field and working. So I've heard a lot of, a lot of good things about Hutch and, and it's, it's like Ridgewater college or something now, right? It, yeah. Yep. Exactly. It's in Hutchinson, Minnesota, and it's Ridgewater College. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So I I work with a lot of people here at GE actually that went to school up there. A lot of people from Minnesota, believe it or not. Just like I I actually work with a guy that went to Spartan. I want to say back in like '06, I believe. And right. yeah, we were talking about Spartan's program. Yeah, man, they had a good program. And what I really liked is they really had the breadth, right? I mean, you were able to go in there. They had like a codes and standards course. They had, you know, MTPT. They even had an introduction to NDT. So they they would just go over like some of the basic math of NDT. They would talk, you know, just kind of introduce you to the range of technologies. Because I mean, it. I still get blown away to this day by the range of technologies that are available. It's like, oh, 
what method do you work with? And they, you, you know, you're expecting one of five responses, right? But it, yep. it's certainly not limited to that. There's all these different things that, that people do. Yeah, that's just like, I mean, you think about RT for an example. Like, yeah, I do RT. All right, what modality? Or is it CR? Is it DR? Exactly. I mean, where does it end? And then, so you work in aerospace. I do, yeah. How How is that? Because see, it's, it's funny. Like, I come from an oil and gas background. So it always seems like oil and gas and aerospace, it's the same type of work but very different in certain aspects <laughs> sure 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 yeah man so i was actually going to school through spartan right and i didn't know what industry i wanted to work in i was really just excited to finish school and get and get to work and i learned about this place actually in tulsa that performed ndt on business jets and once i saw that company i was like fascinated with the idea of being able to, you know, like crawl over Gulf streams and Learjets and, and perform NDT. And, and not only that, right, but in addition to that, they use all five methods, right? So I felt like I could put my training to full use, if you will, like going through these classes, I was going to be able to eventually certify in all these methods, right? So I went to that place, you know, I was like walking in there every couple of weeks, updating my resume, you know, like now I'm 50% done with this class or, or like 70% done or whatever. But, but really like prior to learning about that company, I didn't know what industry I wanted to work in. And I guess the aerospace, you know, like I guess you could say it it chose me in a way, right? Like w when I learned about that company, I was like this is exactly what I want to do. And and I never got to work at that that place, but I went and worked at a similar company, but I had to move to to Florida to do it. And so, yeah, man, I think I think aerospace I I don't have anything to compare it to, right? It's it's all I've ever known, but yeah, man, I mean I I feel like there's some more advanced technologies over on your side of the house. Just depending, I mean, certainly like the, you know, you get into the ultrasonic space. There's a lot of ultrasonics work that goes into inspecting welds, right? So the, yeah. the technology, like a lot of the OEMs, you know, Evident and Edify and all these big phased array and advanced ultrasonic systems manufacturers, a lot of the technological innovations are surrounded around weld inspection, right? Sure. So I got to ask, are... In your environment there, are you guys wearing like white lab coats and an ultra <laughs> sterile building and like you don't get dirty or are you guys getting dirty just like us? That's funny, man. I I feel like in aerospace, we're like the Air Force of the military. It's like we're having a conversation between like Marines and Air Force guys. <laughs> no. So, so yes and no, I guess. I, I When I started out doing the business jet thing, right? It was a lot of outdoor work, which was nice because we were down in South Florida, but pretty clean though. I would say, you know, like I know you work up on the slope and I've seen pictures of those guys. Their hard hats like frozen. There's like icicles dripping off. It's definitely not like that, right? But yeah. it was, yeah, it was, man, it was a little bit of outdoor work. I mean, it was crawling around, little bit of, little bit of grime, but not too much, man. We we keep it pretty clean. Nothing you can't take care of with a. Uh, trip to the bathroom and wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's just funny thinking because I've been crawling through like storage tanks and columns and you <laughs> name it, you know, but no, that is, uh, that's really that's hilarious. Funny. You know, but, what's funny, man, is, is sorry, man, but you know, here at, here at GE, they actually do, they ordered us lab coats with our names on it and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'm like, this is awesome. But, you know, kind of talking about the differences, like that is one thing. So in oil and gas, I do, well, I shouldn't say right now because I, I work a three-week rotation where I fly up to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. I work 21-12s, and then I come home and I have 21 days off. But before I went to Alaska, I spent a lot of time traveling around in the lower 48 where basically I would leave on a Monday and may, maybe not get home until the next week. And so I was basically a road warrior. Now, is there a lot of travel working in aerospace? Yeah, man. So they, and by the way, that's, yeah, that seems tough that you do that. I don't know. I want to ask you real quick, what's, what's better, right? Do you like the being gone for three weeks or do you like being in different places for 
you know, several weeks at a time or whatever. Which of those do you prefer? So I like working in Alaska because I have my hitch lineup and I can tell you right now what I'm going to be doing on November 25th. You know, I'll know if I am working or if I'm home. Now, the flip side of that, when I was traveling in the lower 48, I had really no idea what I was going to be doing from week to week. Now, in Alaska, I'm making around 83 hours a week. You know, I'm set at that. Where working on the road, I would want to get as much as I could. So there are some weeks where I was, you know, working 90 hours, if not more, because my whole thought is, is if I'm on the road, I don't want to be sitting in a hotel. I want to be collecting that hourly rate. So it's kind of nice. I mean, working in Alaska, I work from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every single day, again, for 21 days. And then I can come home. And that really allows me to, you know, volunteer with ASNT and and do all of these extra things because I, I have a fixed schedule. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. And the, the three weeks at work sounds tough, but it's like, oh, you get those extended periods of time off, make it all worth it, I'm sure. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Like, I mean, my day to day work is different, but you can almost like step by step day by day of walking through the camps, you know, you go into the cafeteria for breakfast, you grab your backpack, your jacket, you go out to the work truck, and then you go out to wherever the location's at. (laughs) Nice. You you come back, you grab your dinner, you go back to your room, which is very similar to like a dorm room, and, you know, call back home, maybe go to the gym, get a workout in, go to sleep, and then do it all over almost exactly the following day. So, I mean, it's kind of like Groundhog's Day, day after day. But I tell you what, when you come up to fly day and you're flying off slope, it is the best feeling because you know you're not going to have to do really anything until you go back, you know. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So to answer your question, we do a little bit of traveling. So I would say it's hard to speak through the aerospace lens as a whole, because NDT in the aerospace industry is pretty dynamic, right? There's a lot of different roles. There's a lot of different things to do. But since I started my career, I've had, I've worked at three or four different places, right? So out of those, that was outside of the internship, but four places. And for two of those, I did more travel than I've done anywhere else, right? Which is still not very heavy. I mean, it's nothing like a road warrior type stuff where you're literally job to job to job. It's always in a different city. Now, we here at GE, the group that I work in, we support the in-service engines. So we support airline customers around the world. So there is a decent amount of travel involved in this. I had never been outside of the country, like with the exception of like a cruise to Mexico or something, you know, if you want to count that. But my first international trip was actually working here. I got to go over to Dubai and some of the guys that I work with have been all over Europe and really all over Asia, all over the place, to be honest. And so there is definitely some travel in the role that I'm in now, but I would say there's also a lot of opportunities within aerospace where it's similar to your gig with the exception of having to, to fly 1500 miles or whatever that is, right. for, you know, like with the exception of that, it's really just going in. It's pretty much the same thing every day. And that's the good thing about what I like about aerospace, right? I mean, you've got, there's opportunities to where you can work in a manufacturing environment and you can run an automated UT system and you're just inspecting composite panels or, you know, wing skins, or you can do, if you don't like that, there's field stuff too. You can work on the in-service side, the new make side, you can work in a forging house. And so there's just all these things. It's it's very dynamic in terms of the work environment. And that's really what I, like, I always tell younger generations. It's just like, you know, this is such a great career choice because you can do the road warrior thing, you know, maybe do the road warrior thing from 18 to 25 and then get all your hours and get your certifications up. And then if you're like, you know what, I'm ready to kind of hunker down, have a family and do that aspect of life. Well, your certifications, you know, they, 
for the most part, they transfer over to aerospace. Like you might have to learn a little sure. bit different techniques and of course get certified by your new company. Sure. But sure. you know, that was, that really came apparent to me when I was working down in Texas and I was doing eddy current on heat exchangers and I was just on, I think it was NDT.org and a bunch of postings came up for SpaceX and I'm like, man, how cool is that? Where yeah. I, I'm in a refinery during the day, but I could easily apply for the SpaceX job for and sure, man. possibly even get it, you know, where it's just such a dynamic and ever evolving thing where, I mean, and really that's what makes the best techs. Like, you know, I'm thinking for myself, like if I come from a good background of oil and gas, of traveling and then I switch it up and go to aerospace, I'm looking at aerospace kind of from a different lens than somebody sure. that has only ever worked in aerospace. For sure, man. No, there's a ton of value in having that multiple perspectives and really like the technologies that we work with, right? If you have a solid understanding of the physics and the type of things that you're trying to find, really at that point, it's just a matter of understanding the specifications that you're working to like, what are you trying to find? How small of an indication are you looking for? You know, what's your reject threshold? Really just understanding all of those things. But I think to your point, the most exciting thing is really just seeing these different applications of the same technology, like electromagnetic testing. There's all these different techniques of electromagnetic. You can do eddy current testing, remote field testing. You, you know, there's all these different things. And then you can go apply them to this range of materials and this range of work environments and range of industries. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. And speaking of eddy currents, I see that you have your ET3, huh? Yeah, man. I got the, I set like this five-year goal list thing and that was really the last item that I just knocked off. So yeah, man. Yeah. There's not too many eddy current level threes out there. I don't think. I've had people tell me that that's the most difficult one. And so that's why I waited to take that, <laughs> to take that one last. But, you know, in really the, the physics of it, I mean, everybody's got their own perspective here, but I do think that the, the electromagnetic physics are more complicated than, than the others, right? I mean, just personally, I don't know if that's just my personal perspective or whatever, but I certainly feel that way. But yeah, man, the test, you know, it was tough, but I feel like there's difficulty involved in all of them, really. It's just a matter of, of studying and, and walking in there and taking care of it, man. Yeah, well, that that's very true because so I took my basic, I passed my Meg particle level three. So I'm like, all right, I'm in, I'm in the club. And then I was kind of riding on that high and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for my UT3. And man, I do a lot of just straight beam conventional UT looking for corrosion on pipelines. And, you know, I studied pretty good. You know, I didn't go to any prep courses or anything like that because I felt pretty confident. And I got I got a lot of buddies and stuff that are good resources. Sure. And man, that exam beat me up. I saw I failed it. <laughs> no shame. Yeah. Hey, yeah, hang in there, man. You they're not easy exams, which is nice, you know? I mean, you you want to know that there is a bar, right? So you you just go in and just study and and go knock that thing out, man. You'll you'll get it for sure. But yeah, it was pretty funny. After I got the results of my failed exam, I called my level 3 at Kakivik where I work, and I was telling him and yeah, him and I had a good laugh and I mean, I I was in good spirits the whole time because I'm like, you That's know what? Man. I'm just going to try it out. I'm just going to see how it goes and uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a good experience. Let's just say that. That's awesome, man. And you you have to realize, right? And this is a new perspective that I've adopted this year, I guess. But you learn more from failures than you do from successes, right? And that's just true, right? People say it, you hear people mumble that, but it's true. Like you can learn a lot. You you know what's on there now, you know what to expect. And so you can go back with a better perspective than you ever could have had walking in the first time. Yeah. So I, the the morning of my exam, I was talking to my wife and I'm like, I, I didn't have a ton of confidence going in, going into it, which was maybe part of the problem. But I was telling my <laughs> wife, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? If I fail this thing, it's just part of my story. It's a part of my NDT story that I could share. And, and here we are talking about it. So that's what's great about you, Brent, is you've got, yeah, you're such an optimistic guy. It's amazing, man. It's fun to be around you.
Yeah. Well, you know, and, and really that, that kind of goes into what I was going to say is that, so going to the Nashville conference, the annual conference. So a lot of people are just like, ah, you know, I'll go there and I'll listen to some speakers and I'll, I'll check out the different booths. But what I found like meeting you and your family, and then even Bruce Hunter and his family, like that was the highlight of my For Nashville, sure, you know, the that's that's really where the uh, how much i enjoyed about it you know where sure. it's you go there and it's like you're meeting a bunch of different people and it's like yeah sure it's the industry we're all doing the inspections that's cool but it's really about the people that you meet there man there are so many good people in the ndt industry it's not even funny so my wife i've received asnt as a scholarship and for engineering students. And so I received that for a couple of years and that, uh, that allowed me to take my family to those awards ASNT celebrates. Right. Yep. And that is such an amazing opportunity because I can talk about these people and these are different people that I've met, you know, like my mentor, Roger Engelbart, Dr. Philip Chude, yourself, Bruce, you meet all these different people, these incredible people and it sucks in a way to have to go home and like tell my wife about, you know, the only interaction she would ever get is like a discussion over dinner or something. But for her to be able to really meet these people and not only that, but for them to be able to meet my wife and my kids is such an awesome opportunity. It's such an awesome thing, right? Because you're right. I mean, that is the networking is by far the best part of the conferences, in my opinion. It's the networking. It's the building relationships. It's sharing meals it's sharing stories. And so, yeah, that's, it just goes so far, man. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Like I talked to my wife about NDT nonstop where I'm pretty confident right now. She could go and pass like a level two exam. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yeah, great. I get it. That's cool stuff. (laughs) That is so funny, man. Yeah. I love NDT. I mean, I, I live it every single day, you know, like, I'm always volunteering or doing something for the industry. For sure, man. And we lucked out, man. You and I really lucked out in the wife department. We've got amazing women behind us that support us. They understand it. You know, they come along with us on the work trips and the the conferences on the ASNT stuff. So it's amazing, man. Yeah, no, it, it is really great. What, what other, what other things are you doing for ASNT? So I'm also part of the uh, ASNT's inaugural Rise Leadership Development Program, which is amazing, by the way. Feel like even at the conferences and stuff, you feel like you're right in the middle of everything. So we we got invited, and, and Bruce, that you got to meet, he's he's another participant of the Rise program, and so we, you know, they kind of keep us in the mix of everything, right? I mean, we got to sit in on the board of directors meeting which was a fascinating experience for someone. If you've never done that, I think it's open. You know, we could clarify with ASNT staff, but I think it's open for people to just come and sit in and listen to the decisions that are being made. And every once in a while, they will have these discussions where they'll ask you to leave and stuff. But yeah, yep. but, but yeah, I mean, it's that was really cool. Just being in the middle of all the activities at the conference, which is a tremendous amount of work, man. I mean, there, there's just so many moving parts. There's so many things that go on to make those conferences happen, especially the ones like the annual conference that are a week long. I mean, I'm sh- I'm certain that all the ASNT staff that participate in that are exhausted by the end of the week. But in, in addition to that, right, they hold these monthly meetings where you learn about society activities, you learn about how they handle the finances, you learn about how they maintain the bylaws and just the structure, the governance, all these different things. And so that's one of the central activities I'm, I'm involved in with the ASNT, and it's just been a wonderful experience. And they're really just trying to, you know, to the younger generation, they're, they're really just trying to stir us up to want to be involved in the ASNT on these volunteer roles. And some of these are large commitments, you know, like I think the board of directors volunteer role is something like three years, right, which is pretty big commitment. There's some travel commitments there. So, yeah, man, it's just really stirring that up, which is pretty exciting. 
Yeah, it's always interesting to see the the inner workings because now I I'm actually on a few different committees myself. Or, so I'm on the standards council and then the technician resource development committee. I'm actually chairing that. <laughs> so nice, man. It's, it's, a, it's a learning curve, but we're, we're making sure. it through. But, you know, probably one of the coolest things that I get to volunteer for is the face of NDT. So I go a lot with like Debbie or some of the other staff and we go to these STEM conventions and it is so fun to speak with like different like science teachers or professors from different colleges and explain to them what NDT is and like, hey, you might have a couple students that would be interested in this and then kind of awesome. Yeah, it's just so fun. And like. It, I always say the story I tell is I was down in Houston last year and I was, you know, the, the common buzzwords like, you know, ionizing radiation, capillary reaction, <laughs> you know, and it was so funny because I had these professors looking at me and they're like, what do you do again? Like they were, just, <laughs> they were blown away that I was able to, I mean, I'm sure on a, a much basic level compared to what, what they really teach and what they are proficient in but you know the thing is is we just need to know how how it works definitely so that way we can detect our our defects or whatever and yeah it was pretty fun talking with the different teachers and stuff and just kind of sharing a great career for sure man i feel like there's so much there's like so much so many career fields right where you have this school curriculum like these things that you go and learn and then when it comes to doing your job you literally leave all that in the dust and we can't do that you know what i mean like you re- you really have to understand like the you know if we're talking about ultrasonic testing you have to understand the effects of increasing or decreasing the frequency like you know when would you go from a 15 meg to a 1 meg or whatever right like those things you have to understand those relationships what are the impacts of changing those things? And so, yeah, I just, that's what I love so much is that it's truly a field where you can go and apply physics that are fun to learn, but then you get to go and use them and apply them to making the world a safer place, right? Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, I'm always honest about it. Back in high school, I had a really hard time sitting through class. Like I'm a very energetic person. Me too, man sitting in a classroom for an hour or however long the class was, I mean, it was like nearly pain, like physically painful for me. But <laughs> I, I always like loved physics and science where I would spend a lot of my time just kind of like researching and learning about this on my own. And then for once sure. I started learning about NDT, I'm like, Oh yeah, that that's the wave. That's frequency or, or that's the electromagnetic spectrum. Like, right. how cool is that? Like, I love, you know, I love that frequency and like light waves and all that stuff. Like, it's so interesting to me where I don't even think about being stuck in a classroom learning this because it's just so, it's so interesting. For sure, man. I, I, Brent, I was the same way, man. I was a terrible high school student. I barely made it out. And honestly, like I mentioned earlier that it, when I learned about NDT, I was working at a factory like there in Tulsa, just because when I got out of high school, I was like, there is no way I'm going to go sign up for a four year college program or whatever, you know, like I'm going to go to school and go do something, you know, just, I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. And part of that is because of the confidence or the lack thereof that I, the lack of confidence that I had really from high school. Right. I mean, I just didn't, I didn't get it. It didn't stick. I didn't like math. I didn't like any of it. And then after working in the NDT industry for a couple of years and after graduating from Spartan and all that, I think those those things were confidence builders, right? I I went from there and I was able to go to consider like an engineering program and consider furthering my education. And so, it, yeah, it really just changed everything for me, man, the, that, the application. It's pretty funny going from struggling in high school to having a handful of level threes. I mean, that that's pretty good right there. It's crazy, man. I, dude, I have been so blessed. I'm blown away, honestly, myself. And and really, it just comes down to being able to enjoy it. And, you know, like that old saying, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's definitely my life. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, and uh, are you also an, an engineer? Yeah. So I, I went, 
I graduated from Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. So I started the program when I lived in Florida and then I ended up moving away. So I, the, the program was online. So it was a, easy for me to transition when I moved over to New Mexico. And then I moved around a couple times after that. I did the program all online and it was amazing, man. I mean, I, I really just gained a new appreciation for, in a way, I fell in love with with math and just really understanding that it's a tool and all the things that you could do with it, right? And, and Brent, like I said, man, this is not, this was not me. I mean, it, anyone, you know, it's a funny story. I, I was actually traveling for work. This was probably, I don't know, four or five years ago. I was traveling for work and I saw one of my high school teachers in the airport and she came up to me and, you know, she was like, Hey, you know, what are you doing? Are you traveling back home? Or, or, you know, she, I think she thought I still lived in Tulsa or whatever. And so she was just, you know, we were holding a conversation or whatever. And I explained to her that I lived in Florida and I was traveling for work. And she was like, you should have seen her face, man. She was like, so surprised that I wasn't in jail or something. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Yeah, because it's true. It's true, man. I I was not a great high school student, and and really, man, in a way, I mean, NDT really like changed my life because it it allowed me to understand that learning about these physical principles and using tools to solve these problems, and really, that's what it's about, right? Like that's a that's what my role now is about. Is it's how do you take these technologies and apply them to finding real problems that can have devastating consequences, right? Like how do you, how do you use these technologies to your advantage? And there's nothing more fun than that. I mean, in my mind, there's nothing better you could do. Absolutely. And what, so how can, so since we are the younger generation of inspectors out there, what is the best way do you think to really spread the word about this career that for some reason is like hidden? Yeah, it's, it's so crazy to me that there's not more people and and it happens to us daily, right? I mean, you meet new people, like we go to birthday parties for my kids and stuff and you meet these different people and you try to explain and it kind of gets old explaining to people what they're like, you do what, you know? And really, man, I think, so I think social media, this is just from my personal perspective, but I think social media is a big one, right? I think there's a lot of young people that are engaged on social media and particularly non-professional platforms or what more of the personal platforms, right? Like the Facebooks and the Instagrams and stuff like that. But the, I, I feel like there's a lot, you put something together, you put a good message together where you can really just get this in an attractive way, right? It can be short. You don't have to try to entertain people for half an hour or whatever. Really, it's just a short message that says like, hey, this exists. This is a technology that exists. And it may not stick with 80% of the people or 90% of the people, but it's those 10 or 20% that you're looking for. And, and really just spreading the word, even for people that don't decide to get into the industry, at least for them to understand what it is and that it exists. Yep. Absolutely. Because that's really what I always say too. You know, it's like, you can definitely go to uh like is, is Spartan a two-year college? It's a little less. Yeah. It's, sure. it's like a year and a half, I think. So, you know, you can do something like that where, you get a vast understanding of NDT and you get your education requirements. But I always tell people too, I'm like, you know, go out first, just start cold calling companies and see if they can get you in and as an assistant. If sure. that doesn't work, go and take a 40 hour rad safety, spend a thousand bucks, sit down in the classroom, make it so that way you can go out and be an assistant to an RT crew. And if you, if you want to do a little bit more than that, go out and just get your education requirements for the five, six different methods. And if you want to do even more yet, go to a college like Ridgewater or Spartan and spend a little bit more time. It really depends on how much time you want to put into your education before you can go out there and start making money. Now, obviously there's pros and cons to the cold calling and going in with zero education and going in with all of your education qualifications, but you know, it's always just kind of, it all depends on what you are able to invest in yourself really. For sure, man. And And there's no one way in necessarily, right? I mean, we've all entered it. We've all learned about it a different way. And I just think that, that we really as an industry need to do a better job about 
bringing clarity to what it takes to to being in this industry, right? Instead of having to know someone, you know, like whether it's online, and I think ASNTs work in some of those initiatives, right? Like with putting information on the website or whatever it is, like making it more accessible to not only learn what it is, but also how do you how do you immerse yourself into this industry? Because there are there are a lot there are a lot of different paths, to, you know, to getting into the industry, and and really people, I mean, there's so many different paths that people take. Yeah, because when I talk about NDT, like, as I'm a huge advocate. Anybody that's, like, graduating high school, I'm like, all right, this is what you got to look at. <laughs> you know, before you, before you, like, enroll in a college that you just kind of want to take your generals and you just kind of take a year off and see where life is at, I'm like, just look into NDT, see if it works out for you. And really, once you start in NDT it really opens the door up to so many other careers that you may not even think exist. But once you're working in in the industries, you can kind of be like, oh, so that's, you know, I could be a safety guy. I could be, you know, whatever the different jobs are that are out there. For sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely a lot of things to do. And I, you know, I wish I would have had, you know, someone like you that would have said, Hey, did you know that you can do, like told me about NDT because honestly, it was about a year. I had worked at this factory for like a year when I met this guy and, or well, I guess maybe it was a little less than a year, but by the time I had started at Spartan, it was about a year. So really I just, that's another year that I could have been in the NDT industry doing different things and everything happens right on time. Right. But it's, you know, it's really just the the visibility, like telling people about it, making sure they know, and then creating some path for them to get introduced to it. Yep. So speaking of time, what is next? What What's next for you? Man, so I, believe it or not, I want to go back to school. I, I'm still settling into my role here at GE. I've been here for a little over a year now. And I, you know, I enjoy the role here, but it's very challenging. I, I remind myself, you know, this is exactly what you signed up for, right? But it's, I, I've struggled a bit just there's different aspects to it and the role is just fundamentally different from what I used to do. And so really it's just a matter of getting, getting stability here, making sure that I'm, you know, kind of gaining some momentum here at work. And then I plan to go back to school. I want to, I want to go work on a master's degree. Really I'm attracted to this program in applied physics, but either that or maybe some mechanical engineering degree or something, but I I just really want to focus it around you know, technologies that can be used for, for finding flaws in aerospace parts. That's, that's really what drives me. Nice. Yeah. That I just recently took a phase array class. So I'm nice, like, all man. right, that that's sweet. Cause now we're going to start doing phase array, basically corrosion mapping up on the, up on the slope there. Nice. And you know, that kind of, that kind of sparked it in me again, where I'm like, all right, so phase array. I'm going to unlock this. I'm going to learn everything that I can. And then my goal is probably move into like some different API certifications, maybe a CWI down the road. But yeah, it's really just for me, it's expanding on, it is building that foundation, you know, a little bit more firm. That's awesome, man. And definitely go take another jab at the ASNT exams. Not just, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that I was actually, when you're talking about your, your bachelor's degree there, that's one thing I was looking at doing so that way I can cut those, the experience out or the experience months, I should say, to before I'm eligible to take like, say my, my RT, because that is one thing I've always sh- kind of shied away from getting pigeonholed into doing just RT. Sure. Well, now the problem is, is that I can go out and, you know, I got my mag, I can go get my PT, my UT, but I don't have enough months stocked up to get my RT free. But now with a bachelor, a bachelor's degree, I can cut two years off of that. For sure. So that's kind of where I'm like, you know, I'm trying to balance that all out to see, I mean, of course, just having that extra education will make you a better tech in the field. Sure. Man, and I'll tell you like my drive for going to school was not not really with the degree in mind. Like honestly, I can say that honestly. One of the main reasons that I went back to school was solely to learn more. I 
I just wanted to, when I was learning about the different, you know, looking into advanced ultrasonics or just whatever it would have been, electromagnetism, all these different things, I wanted to understand more. And and the engineering education allowed me to learn more about that. And it, it didn't seem like work, man. I mean, I, I would say a lot of people go to school, you know, particularly four-year students at universities, right, go to school right out of high school. They may not know exactly what they want to do. They may end up flopping around a little bit, but the most enjoyable way to go tackle a four-year degree, in my opinion, is solely for the educational benefit, right? Like you're only going because you want to learn more. And then it's not like, oh, I have, you know, three and a half years left or whatever. There's none of that. It's strictly just I'm learning. Every time I take a new class, I'm learning something new. I get to add new tools to my toolbox and that's it. Man, that's like the purest form of education right there. For sure. And, and man, it is so crazy. Like particularly the education that I got at Embry-Riddle, it would blow your mind how much stuff you learned about. Like I took a signal processing course and the stuff that I could directly apply to some of the work that I was, some of the stuff I was doing at work, it was insane, man. It was crazy. Like my employer should have paid for my school, you know, because literally like I was learning things in school and it was benefiting my performance at work. Like I was able to implement different things. I was learning different tools and was able to bring that directly to work. Like at, it wasn't like you go to school and then after you, you know, throw your cap in the air at graduation, you get to go implement all these tools. No, I was doing those simultaneously and it was incredible, man. You know, it's funny you say that because thinking back to the annual conference in Nashville, you and I both sat in on the advanced UT seminar there. Right. And, and I'll be honest, I left that room more confused <laughs> than when I walked <laughs> into it. And I think like you were like interacting with the speaker and you guys were having this like dialogue back and forth. And, and of course, Courtney was in the room with me as well. And I look over at my wife and I'm like, what is Stetson even talking about right now? I'm like, I, and it's funny because now that I took my phase array class, I'm understanding like the analog to digital processing and I, a lot Shit. of that stuff. Really, I was like, oh, okay, that really isn't that advanced. You know, like, it <laughs> right, just, right, right. it's just funny, like how you, how you develop these skills. And once you start learning stuff, you're like, oh, that's what that was. That's actually, that's basic understanding of phase array. But at the time, I never really messed with it. So it was so foreign to, to hear what you guys were talking about. And then now, just a few short months later, I'm like, oh, okay, that's not that bad. I get yeah. it. I get it. So For sure, man. And that's what I, that's another thing I always try to tell people, like, don't be intimidated by things that you hear. Like if you're in rooms and you hear these discussions or whatever, it's all of these things, if you get the right person to explain it, they can explain it in an elementary way, right? It's nothing here is overly complicated or too complex for anyone to learn. You just have to take the time and you've got to get the right person to explain it. So yeah, I think they're, dude, I'm glad to hear. Yeah, because I remember you like busting my chops after that. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really, man, no one is incapable of learning these things. Like just equip yourself, go and learn it from the right source and, and build that confidence. Just one brick on top of another. Yeah. And that's really, that's why we have on the job training. That's why we log our OJT hours where people out of school aren't expected to be able to go out there and determine, you know, flaw characteristics. Exactly. It's like, no, you're going to need like 1200 hours of UT exactly. experience before you can even become eligible to get your level two. So For that's, sure. that's really, you know, like people, that are getting into the industry, they'll look at this giant mountain and they're like, well, man, I just don't feel comfortable checking out a gamma source and going and popping shots with it. Well, really, you you have all the training that's going to be on the job. And by the time you get enough hours set up, well, then you're going to be way more comfortable and you'll have your crew with you to have, you know, to help out and you'll have your level threes as a resource. And Nobody exactly. really just gets thrown to the wolves or they really shouldn't anyhow. Right. Yeah. And then even after you get the hours, 
those hours and all of these specifications, it's just a line in the sand, right? So if you have to exceed that, if you feel like you need to go another couple hundred hours or whatever to really get comfortable, that's exactly why the examinations that you take are after you, you know, you have to have the documented training as part of the qualification, right? You're not even qualified to sit for an examination until you have those hours. And so that's all part of the preparation. Then you have to go demonstrate in a practical setting that, hey, I can do this. I feel comfortable doing this. And yeah, I love the way that the industry has set that up, right? It's you, you train people, you can take people, whether it's off the street or straight out of school, you take them, you run them through the ringer. They're actually doing the work. It's very practical experience. And then you take these examinations and then, and only then are you permitted to go out and make these tough decisions by yourself. Yeah, and, 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 and to your point, right, it's not even really by yourself, right? You've got all these, a level three you can consult or other, you know, other colleagues. And so, yeah, it's, it's really good. And that really speaks to the importance of, of finding that mentor, whether it's through the ASNT mentorship program, whether it be somebody you work with, even at a past job, if you worked with them. Like I have two mentors that I talk to almost on a daily basis, John Pariseau who is a senior level CWI and the guy can rattle off codes. Like nice. we were talking about ASTMs last night and he's like, Oh yeah, that's ASTM, whatever, whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. he just recalled it. I'm like, man, that's pretty nerdy. And, <laughs> and then I have uh, the other guy, Tom Stokey, who has been doing NDT for longer than I've been alive who is a genius when it comes to eddy current, especially eddy current on heat exchangers. Nice. So anytime that I run into something that's a little confusing or I just kind of want to expand my, my scope on it, I'll call up John or Tom and be like, hey, what do you guys think of this? Is this kind of weird? And since they've been in the industry for so much longer than I have, they can kind of be like, okay, so this is – you know, this is how this works. And I'll be honest, you call John Pariseau and I'll ask him for like a two minute explanation and I'll be <laughs> with him for like 45 minutes. And I'm like, man, we covered everything, <laughs> you know, but, but that's what's so great about it. Like, especially for me, like I kind of see myself evolving into somewhat of a mentor myself where I have some newer texts that call me up and they're like, Hey Brent, what do you, what do you think about this? Or what, you know, and I, I, I'm really honored by that, you know, to kind of fill that, that next role in my career and be like, all right, so let's, let's break this down here. And I always like come from the approach of like, all right, so what type of material is it? What are we looking for? What's the code? And I kind of developed kind of a flow chart that I work through And I'm realizing that the people that are calling me asking for advice, I can see them kind of adopting that mentality where now when they start, when they call me, they're already thinking of, okay, so this is the (laughs) material type. This is what they're going to ask them. Yeah. And uh, it's awesome. And that is just kind of what comes from, you know, being in the industry for as long as that, as long as we have. For sure, man. Yeah, I've, man, the same here. I've got people, I mentioned Roger Engelbart earlier. He's heavily involved. He's on the board of directors of ASNT. And I mean, there's Rob Woodward, him and I meet once a month for lunch here. He also lives here close to the Cincinnati area. You know, Dr. Steve Brady, we meet on calls and there's all these people, right? That just over time, I've developed a relationship with. And, And some of these people, like I was trying to learn about resonance bond testing a few years ago. And I just cold called this guy at Boeing and I, it was his personal number and it was like 5 PM or something. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? He, so he was retired. Right. And I got his number. And the, the person that gave me his number was like, don't tell him that you got it from me. <laughs> so, but I just called the guy and I was like, Hey, you know, my name is Stetson, blah, 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 whatever. And the guy was amazing. I mean, he was just, he was like so excited to tell you. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. The people that make up the NDT industry are tremendous, man. They're awesome. I mean, you can ask people things They're They'll share knowledge willingly. And just really, it's about building each other up so that we can all be better. It's amazing. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, talking Rob there. Yeah, I met him at the annual conference in Nashville there. And yeah, that guy is awesome. He's like, amazing. <laughs> you know, he's helping me out with my chair position for the TRD committee and awesome. all email. I'm like, hey, Rob, I'm like, I am so lost on this. How do I how do, I do this? And I mean, he's on it, you know. Rob is amazing, man. Yeah. So no, it's, it's awesome. Like you're saying, I mean, it's from the people that are working on in the field and even the people that ASNT that may not be, you know, actual NDT techs, but they work with ASNT. They do all the things behind the scenes. It it just truly is a great industry with so many different types of people. For sure, man. Yeah. I mean, to speak to the ASNT staff, you've got all these they're not necessarily part of the NDT industry, like in terms of they're not NDT experts necessarily, but they're experts in their own right. I mean, like, you know, Neil and Debbie, I mean, they, they all have these and Heather, they all have these credentials, right. In in their own, in their own respects, they all do these different, whatever they're bringing to the ASNT, they're, they're experts in their own field, which is amazing. I mean, the ASNT staff is second to none, man. Yeah. And one thing too, with that is they're always willing to listen. I mean, I will call them up with some like off the wall idea. (laughs) Yeah, let's, let's do that. And it's just so fun. I mean, I even, when I was in Houston with Debbie for a week at one of the STEM conventions, like her and I hit it off perfectly. And it was awesome. It was so fun, like working with, working behind the booth with Debbie and like, you know, talking about different ASNT things. Like she was kind of helping me understand the inner workings of ASNT. I was sharing my field experience and uh, yeah, it was just, it's just, it's just really fun. Like you say, everybody in the industry is just really passionate about what they do and they enjoy it. For sure, man. For sure. So Stetson, I think that, I mean, I could probably talk to you for the rest of the day. I think (laughs) not many people are going to want to hear us just sitting here chatting back and forth. So, Hey, I really appreciate you taking your time today, jumping on this call. And I mean, we kind of covered a a wide range of topics, but it's always good to catch up with a friend and see what you've been up to. For sure, Brent, man, I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy getting together and chatting. So Yeah, I'm sure I'll see you at the next one, if not before. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Take care, Stetson. I'll see you around. Thanks, Brent. Thank you for listening to Chat NDT with AS&T. For more information about our organization, please visit our website at asnt.org. You can also connect with us on social media at ASNT Info on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Chat NDT with ASNT is copyrighted by the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. ASNT, creating a safer world.